0: wow one more day to Friday right one more working day hope you guys are doing great I'm doing great uh, my name is Charlotte I'm going to be your host for the next hour I'm also the owner of the California haunts paranormal investigation team based out of Sacramento California and uh, I say we're 45 strong because I have team members up and down the state that means if you think you might have a paranormal issue in your home or business we can get to you it might take a couple hours California is a huge state but we will get to you and we're a very thorough team and We'll help you out with whatever you need. Anyway, that being said, I've got a great show tonight. My guest is returning, Thomas Moore, or Tom Moore, Tom T. Moore. The last time he was on, we were talking about the gentle wave of pets. And I had just lost um, my, my Reba. And I had been seeing her around my house and, and things. And so it kind, of, it kind of fell in line with what we were talking about last time. But this time, another favorite topic of mine, Atlantis and Lemuria. Oh, my gosh. It's one of my most favorite topics in the whole world. And I can't wait to talk to him about that. But before we get there, let's remember, if you're watching from Facebook tonight and you like what you see, please share it and hit that like button. Let me know you like my shows. Okay. And if you haven't done so before and you like what you hear, please feel free to start following on Facebook. And uh, that that could either be done on my personal page, which the show's on, or it could be done at California Haunts Coastal Events or even follow us at California Haunts Radio. California Haunts Radio page as well. If you're watching from YouTube, here we go, point my little finger, there we go, right there in that corner, yeah, that corner there, that corner, that corner right there, there's a little ghost with the magnifying glass, and that's our mascot, and click on him, and a subscribe button will pop up, and if you haven't done so already, please subscribe. We have more than 495 videos now of this show over there, all kinds of different topics. I'm a journalist, I don't like to stick with one topic, you know, and I, I just like to vary it from time to time. Okay, so check that out. Check out the YouTube page, and if you're watching from YouTube, be sure to hit, be sure to hit the like button, and uh, if, you know, if you like what you hear, and be sure to share the show because we're always looking to share. Share with five people, right? All right. So tonight we're going to be talking with Tom Timor about Atlantis and Lemuria. I think I already said that, but the neat thing about that is that he has information I've never heard of before. So, this is why we do this. So, we're going to have him on. Ah, one more thing I forgot Instagram. Looking, I'm looking for followers on Instagram. I'm going to start doing some lives out there. So, I'm Ghosty Gal on Instagram, lowercase. If you're over at TikTok, California Haunts, all lowercase. And if you happen to get to the show from Twitter, we're under Cal Haunts on Twitter. All right. I'm excited. I'm really excited. And to let you guys know, tomorrow night will be my last live version show of this. Until I get back from my trip. Which will be. That means my last live version of the show of this. Will be a week from Sunday. We'll be back to reading the book. But I do have some shows. That I have pre-recorded for you guys. So you'll get to see those. And you might even get to see. a, a Best of show too as well. Next week. So uh, yeah. You're still going to get the show. It's just I won't be here live. Okay. But you'll see them on YouTube. The other thing is. In addition to doing this show. I am going to be going live from Disneyland. I'm going to take you with me. That will be on YouTube. I might even do it on Instagram. Okay, so we'll try YouTube and Instagram. And for people on TikTok or for people who might be listening that have a TikTok account, look us up because I'm also going to go live on TikTok. So I'm going to split the time up. I'll be there four days, two days at one part, two days at the other part, And so we're going to do that. All right. Okay, so without further ado, I'm going to bring my guest in and we can get this show on the road and talk about something really cool. Here we go. Good evening.
1: There you are. (laughs)
0: It's good How to are have you, doing, you back, Charlotte. Good. It's good to have you back.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Tell tell us about you, sir.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I'm the author of six books, which includes The Atlantis and Lemuria: The Lost Continents Revealed, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I uh, teach The General Way, a self-help guide for those who believe in angels. Mm -hmm. And my day job, I'm uh, the CEO of an international film and TV program distribution company. And uh, all that keeps me pretty busy. I publish a free newsletter uh, each week, and it's, uh, it's free to subscribe to. It's my gift to the world. I've been doing these since 2007 and they're all archived on my website at www.thegentlewaybook.com
0: absolutely fabulous now tell me about your interest in Atlantis and Lemuria how, how did you get into that
1: okay um, i learned i could meditate i could in meditations uh, well- communicate with almost Anybody or anything in the universe. So I've asked about thirty thousand questions. Most of the predominant predominant of those that came from my newsletter readers, because I could never have thought to ask that many questions on that many subjects. Mm-hmm. So um, I was um, the general way. I I had contacted and communicated with a shaman in the 1600s in 2005, and uh, he told me that I had reincarnated into the 20th and 21st centuries to reintroduce people to the gentle way. And he gave me the name of my first book, the very first time I ever communicated with him. And he said, I was a shaman living. At the same time in the 1600s, and that uh, my name was Stillwater, and I was going to write books. And I said, No, 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 no. I, I'm I'm a business guy. You know, I'm I'm going to be in the international film distribution business till I retire. He said, No, books, as that emphatic. So I said, Okay. So I wrote my first general way book in about 90 or 100 days. And and if you notice from the website, it says the General Way book. It doesn't say books because I never thought I could write more than one book. And here I am, six books later.
0: Wow. See, I, so I'm trying to get back into a mode. I, I I have a book that's partially written, and it's just sitting there.
1: <laughs> I hear just,
0: that. I just said I should because I want to finish it, you know.
1: You just have to. So we well, talked talk about it last. You say, I requested most not come for writing at least a thousand words today. Thank you. And then you sit back and relax, and suddenly they'll they'll start downloading what you need to write.
0: Thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll try that. I'll try that, because I, I really should get it done. Now, what made you write the book on Atlantis and Lemuria? Um,
1: well, as it came along, I kept thinking, well, if the general way is at least 300 or more years old how old is the general way and so finally i asked by this time i was communicating with my own uh, guardian angel these are actually golden light beings that are extremely powerful they they uh, glow golden light because they're such old souls and they take care of thousands and thousands of people all at the same time and so uh, i asked theo i said theo how old is, is the gentle way? And he said, Oh, Tom, he said it dates all the way back to your days in Atlantis. And he said you were inspired to create the gentle way, and you had about 1 million people following you. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's how it started.
0: And you you spoke of a past life, of a pet, or you're, 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 excuse me, ugh, your angel spoke of a past life. The shaman spoke of a past life i'll get yeah. it together yeah it's coming it's coming oh, <laughs> yeah. you ever have one of those days where your mind is racing and you're just trying to get everything focused in well,
1: my um, mind zoned out earlier today because i was working on a huge list for streaming <laughs> we have a, we have a library of five thousand titles Wow. we're working on our next list so oh,
0: wow no, so you understand um yeah. how many lives did you have during um Atlantis and and Lemuria?
1: Well, I was told the reason that I was to write about Atlantis and Lemuria was that I've had more lives on both of those continents and islands Uh than any other human alive on the planet today. So I had about 180 lives during Atlantean times, I'll call it, and 65 on Lemuria. And I said, well, why so few on Lemuria? And I was told that Lemuria which was a much more idyllic place for thousands and thousands of years. Both Atlantis and Lemuria were seeded, <laughs> keep that in mind, seated with Homo sapiens 60,000 years ago. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, Lemuria uh, had very easy times all, of, all up until the last thousand years of their existence when they started warring. So Atlantis didn't last as long as the Lemurians did because they started warring earlier.
0: Like you said, um, warring, who, who were they warring with? What, what was going on?
1: Each other. Okay. So as That's an good. example, well, let's kind of let's go through okay. some major changes for them, okay? okay. In, in the Atlantean, Atlantis uh, was a continent that's 10% or was 10% larger than Australia is today, okay? And it sat in between, in the Atlantic Ocean, in between Europe, uh, uh, Africa, and North America. Uh So the problem was it, uh, in the middle of the continent, was where the Mid-Atlantic Ridge was, and there were were a line of huge volcanoes, and about 30, 31,000 years ago, all of those volcanoes blew up at the same time, and most of the continent of Atlantis sank beneath the waters, and the oceans rose about 168 feet or so, uh, and drowning not only millions of people on the island uh, on the continent of atlantis, but all over the world, every single village, town and city uh, that was on the coast of of a continent was completely drowned and everyone was lost. So that and that's why uh, there are stories about, the whole ocean in the Atlantic being full of mud for hundreds of years was floating there and no one could navigate it. The actual navigation, believe it or not, was a guy by the name of Hercules. And and Hercules was the first one to navigate that. And so after that, they they just started spinning tales about his conquests and everything. Oh. And that's where the legend of Hercules Began because he was the first guy to to navigate through that soup.
0: Interesting, very interesting. Where okay. was Atlantis? Because I know they're still looking for it.
1: Well, as I say, it was in it was in the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. Uh, at the top of it, if you were to look at uh, at a map that has has degrees on it, um, the top of it reached a point of forty seven degrees latitude, which if you were to draw a line out from the bottom of Newfoundland or Newfoundland, depending on where you're from, um, straight across the Atlantic, that was the tip top of the continent. And then the the bottom of the continent was about 30 degrees, but it had a tail that, that went down and the Bahamas was actually part of the Atlantean continent. So when Atlant- Atlantis broke apart, it, uh, it you know, the waves and everything washed over that portion of the tail. But I'm told that if you were to dig down deep enough uh, in the Bahamas, you would find some ruins. Also the same Bermuda, Canary Islands, a couple of islands off the coast of North America. So there are there are remnants of that and in the middle to the west of the middle of the ocean there was an island by the name of posidia and it was the size of cuba but it was round in shape not elongated like like uh, uh cuba is mm-hmm. and if you were to draw a line out from oh say 30 or Fifty miles south of Boston, out—that's where you you would have found the It three hundred and seventy-five miles to the south, and if you drew, drew a line out directly from Washington D.C., that was the island of Aaron, which was a size a little bit larger than Hispaniola, and there were little five little islands and a half moon below that, and that was that was the what was left mostly of the Atlantean kingdom, if you want to call it.
0: So for what you're saying about the location, that the, the, those stones that they found under the water could be from Atlantis, because that's yes. what people were thinking anyway. OK, yes.
1: yeah,
0: yeah, that's really cool. So,
1: yeah. And um, uh, at that, at one point, before, I think this must have happened before um, before the breakup 30,000 years ago, mm-hmm. but Atlantis was, uh, the Atlanteans were conquering everybody in the Mediterranean. Keep in mind, the Mediterranean didn't have all the water it has now, uh, because also there's the little problem of Lemuria, which we'll get to, but, uh, uh they kept sending, every so often they would send a whole bunch of troops over to Africa, which at that time was known as the land of Oz, mm-hmm. and I, in two of my lives, I was a soldier, and I got uh, wiped off the face of the earth because what would happen? Zulu sort of warriors uh, discovered that there was a an Achilles' heel to the Atlanteans: their aircraft with the lasers and all did not, uh, could not work at night. They they uh, uh, worked off these beams of energy sent out from giant crystals called posers. And so they would wait till the aircraft had to land, and then they would just come in the tens of thousands and just wipe, wipe the Atlanteans off, off the continent. Wow. And, and I lost my life twice <laughs> for somebody trying to conquer the land of Oz. They were never how, able to.
0: Now that you brought up this thing with the aircraft and, and the lasers, how advanced were they, Ted, with their technology?
1: They were advanced because the extraterrestrials gave them free energy. Okay, and and that was a mistake. And and the the ETs gave the Lemurians free energy too, a different kind, but it still it was a mistake. Now, in the Atlantean case, again, they had these 20 or 25-foot posers, these giant crystals that they dug out from the volcanoes, and they were energized magnetically, and they would send out a beam, just like a radio beam. So, in other words, uh, as as the Earth curved, they would have to have more posers um, in order to keep everything running. The aircraft, the cars, the the buses, the the trains, you name it. Mm -hmm. Um, They had to have these posers all over the continent uh, beaming this energy because it it faded with the curvature of the earth. So that's, they were very advanced. Now there's, they're still advanced medically than we are now, but we've been catching up with them a lot of things, like they, we we've, we've got better refrigerators, you know, um, better cars. Their cars ran on these this energy from the posers, and they only went a maximum of about sixty-five miles an hour, oh. and so th- there were limits. And also, the only people that generally had cars were the government officials. Most people used public transportation. And most people lived in apartments. Only the government people lived in houses.
0: And do you ever think that any of that's going to be found, you know, like if they dig down far enough? No.
1: Nope. Okay. Of course, what I'm, I'm supposed to do, this gets into another book, though. <laughs> um, in my first contact book, uh, I'm I'm going to be able to, video record, you have to understand the ETs have been have been looking at us or watching us right. as part of what's called the Earth Experiment for literally millions of years. They were the ones that that developed all these bodies like the Neanderthals and the Cro-Magnons and all before 60,000 years ago, they finally settled on the Homo sapiens. Mm-hmm. And this was that creator's wishes because creator uh was doing one of our created what's called the earth experiment and the earth experiment uh, basically uh, our universe and the trillions of other universes all operate on 10 positive energies they're just energies they're not positive because they're happy happy uh in fact the the real star wars went on for two hundred and seventy thousand. Earth years. Wow. And, uh, uh, but these, these um, uh, besides the 10 positive energies, there were four negative energies that no one could, uh, could work with. And so the creator of our universe said, well, let's do the Earth experiment. And the creator invited uh, people or souls to take part of it and our souls volunteer for what's called the Earth Experiment, to to live within these negative energies. And only our solar system in this special space-time continuum um, is in the negative energies, these four negative energies. After you get out, past around the Oort belt, it turns back into the 10 positive energies. Now, none of our scientists are even looking at that possibility um, so I'm told it's going to be many, many years before they finally figure out that there's a difference between our energy and the energy out past the Oort belt.
0: Now, are you able to remember anything from your past lives at all, on that last? I know, I know the fact that you, you were killed a couple of times, but what about your yeah. lives?
1: Yeah. Um, well, in that life where I I created the the general way. Mm-hmm. Um, that was about twelve thousand seven hundred years ago. And I was told um, that that wars were going to get so bad that I needed to leave. And so I migrated with twenty five thousand of my followers through Europe. And of course, we didn't do it all at one time because it had been too hard for food and water and all. Uh-huh. And we migrated to Egypt. And in Egypt, um, they were afraid they were about to get ca- conquered again um, mm-hmm. because it's one thing for the Zulu waters, uh, warriors on the West Coast. It's another thing, Egypt. So, um, but there was this Egyptian princess and in her meditation, she was told that we were good people. And so she helped us, resettled. And that Egyptian princess is my wife today. Cool, Very cool. In her next life, she's going to be a man and she's, it's going to be about 12,500 years ago. And she's going to be the leader of her people. And I'm going to be her assistant. But that's a past life for me. I've already lived that life. So that's, that's that. And then a Future life after that, she's going to be King uh, or Emperor Halia Selassie uh, of Ethiopia. And I'm going to be Queen Menon, his advisor. And in my next life on Earth, uh, we're both going to be female space pilots of one of 17 Earth starships. and, And we're going to explore the universe. So
0: how were you able to get this information?
1: Hmm?
0: How were you able to get this information?:
1: Ask a lot of questions. <laughs> As I said, I've asked 30,000 questions over the years, and um, I typically do two sessions a week that are an hour and a half to two hours long. Typically, I can't go more than two hours. I'll lose my concentration, or I'll start dosing off. And suddenly I'll have a bunch of zzzzs all across the, the page uh, while I'm sitting at the computer.
0: That's funny. That's funny. How come there's not more written about Atlantis? How come just Plato? Uh,
1: obviously, because everything was wiped out at that time. Now, then what happened 12,500 years ago, um, It the warring got so bad that The uh, Aaron people, which were known as the sons of Belial, um, did as close to what you could call a Pearl Harbor attack. 325 of their aircraft at sunrise traveled up that 375 miles and attacked Poseidon using these lasers that could melt the ground underneath your feet. they thought they knew where all the the airports were on Posadia, but they didn't. So the Posadians retaliated, and by the time of everything, all the islands that were left there all sank beneath the ocean, and the oceans rose again, this time 45 feet. And this was where the real story of Noah came about, uh, that, that uh, uh, the oceans rose to 45 feet. Noah was told to uh, to build his ark. He built it and floated. But when he landed, he didn't land on the top of Mount Eric. He landed on the lower slopes. And um, that's uh, that was one difference. The story of Noah did uh, did of course take place but uh, his boat landed on the lower slopes. Also, his son married a woman, and people wonder where she, where did she come from? And she actually came from from a family who who wasn't drowned. They the water only went up forty five feet, so anybody above that higher amount was not touched by as all the people in the Mediterranean. Were. So that there's another 45 feet. Then the last um, major thing was when the Lemurians um, started warring. As I said, it got worse and worse, 1,000 years. This was about 7,500 years ago to the point where, and and this is something that supposedly is my worst life I ever had on, on Earth. I was a religious leader. And I encouraged uh, the leaders of my uh, of my country at that time to drop hydrogen-type bombs. I think none of us thought they had the ability to retaliu- retaliate. They did, and it wound up sinking the whole uh, continent of, of Lemuria, and and the oceans again rose. I think it was about 172 feet or so. 172, 178, somewhere in there. So again, it not only drowned everybody on Lemuria, but anybody on the coast of all over the world. So you've had three, three times that, that uh, histories were completely wiped off the face of the earth.
0: That's incredible. It's, a, it's interesting to hear this because you don't hear this stuff all the time. You've done all this extra research into this and it's really cool. Did the Atlanteans ever interact with uh, people uh, like out in the, you know out in the world uh, like Africa or any place like that?
1: Well, only to conquer like the Egyptians and and the people living in the boot of Italy and and uh, they had a real hard time trying to conquer the um, oh gosh uh, the Basque people because the Basque people had all these steep mountains that they oh. could go run. The Atlanteans all over the place, <laughs> they, they, couldn't, they couldn't really ever conquer them. Um, so, they they were known for trying to conquer everybody. What about then, North America? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, then then when, when they were reduced down to these islands, um, it was obviously survival for, you know, several thousand years. And they had to find a new source for their crystals and they wound up um, uh, near Hot Springs, Arkansas, they wound up actually having a mining town around 600 people, and they would mine out an area of the big, huge crystals. And then they'd move the whole town to another area and start mining there, and they would ship these, these big crystals back to, to uh, Posadia and Heron.
0: I've never heard of this stuff this is fast this is crazy i'm not crazy but it's, a, it's crazy fascinating i've never heard of this stuff before oh my
1: yep wow. well normally i i say uh you know in my advertisements for the Atlantis and very Mary, Mary book these are these are things that have never been published in any other book ever before
0: no they're not that's what makes it so fascinating um When did you learn about God, I don't know why my mouth's not working today? When did you learn about uh, Lemuria?
1: Um well again, it was one of those questions. Have I ever had a life on Lemuria Tom? And he goes, Oh, Tom. <laughs> when he does that, <laughs> I know something's coming in. And that's when he told me about helping to sink Lemuria. And but you know, we went on to ask. I ask a lot of other questions. Uh, The Lemurian continent was divided sort of like Europe is today with rivers, mountain uh, uh, ranges, things like that, divided it into either five or seven countries. And there's actually a little bit of Lemuria left. There's a a dive site off the coast of Japan Mm -hmm. and that was a fort during Lemurian times. And it's 120 feet deep or something like that. And you can, uh, you can Google uh, and, and see uh, photos taken uh, at that dive site of the uh, what was left at the fort. I might add Lemuria uh, extended in its existence. It, it was right off the coast of Japan actually was connected to Japan at one time before before Atlantean uh, water, you know, submerged in between. And um, so uh, it came within 100 miles of Hawaii. So for thousands of years, the Lemurians actually vacationed on Hawaii. And that's why there is this Lemurian um, energy that so many people feel when they when they go to Hawaii uh, is because they they continued all the way up to probably the last of vacation there, and they would divide it into different beaches. So one beach, maybe the people would be clothed like you would see a very conservative group of people, you know, being clothed. Another one right. would be bikinis. Another one you know would be uh perhaps uh nude beaches or whatever whatever their religious beliefs were uh, they separated these uh, these beaches
0: now did, did now the thing did the Lumerians have similar technology to the to, to the atlanta atlanta yes. they
1: okay. they they did have uh, uh aircraft and and uh you know all the the normal stuff you can imagine they existed from sixty thousand years ago down to seventy five hundred. Right. So much, much, much longer than we did, and the same same for the Atlanteans. I mean, you you give us that much time, and you know, we'll progress a lot too. But we're never going to destroy ourselves again, and that's that's one thing I'm told to always tell people, is that after the Harmonic Convergence in August of 1987, we reached a vibrational level okay, where we will never destroy ourselves again.
0: Hmm. And why do you think there's so much uh, discrepancy about where it's, it's located? Because it seems like nobody can come to consensus on where it was located.
1: Well, because they don't have really any maps. I am told that somewhere in Athens, in the basement, there's the original parchments that Plato's grandfather brought back from Egypt that would confirm these stories, but nobody's found it yet.
0: How long was it all inhabited by humans, Homo sapiens? Say again? How, how long was Atlantis and Lumeria inhabited by humans?
1: Oh, 60,000 years ago. Wow. That's when they were seeded. Now keep in mind, the ETs now, show how advanced they are, they're really millions of years adva- advanced, more advanced than we are. Um, they can they can pop out a body <laughs> in two and a half minutes, so they could they could um, populate a whole village, you know, within a couple of hours or so. Because obviously they wouldn't want to, you know, have too many people because they would actually put people on the ground completely new. They had to they had to uh, find clothing or figure out how to keep themselves warm if it was going to be a climate where it was going to get cold. Um, they had to forage for food mm-hmm. and so on. And they were they were given advice by these ETs, but still they had to, they had to do it. So the first one or two generations would know where they came from, but after that they would lose that that information.
0: When you talk about Mu, I think it's Mu. How many countries are on the continent of Mu? Of
1: Mu? Mu, Mu,
0: Mu. Yeah, yeah it's
1: awesome. the continent of Mu. It's Lemurians. But everybody knows it as Lemuria, so I had to stick with that name. Okay, okay I mean, okay. it's the continent of Mu. But uh, it's, it was either five or seven. And I think it was five, but You'd have to read the book and, right. and well, because it was so long, long ago I asked that question. Here's I the forget. book, I see.
0: Here's the book. See, I got I got it covered. See, there it is.
1: There,
0: thank you. So they know which one to get. Were there survivors who were able to escape?
1: From both continents. Yeah. I mean from Atlantis. Yes. Uh, not only did our our group go to uh, Egypt. There were one or two other groups that went there, too, with different leaders. And then there were people that went down to Central and South America and and mixed in with the indigenous populations. And that's that's where all these temples and everything came from.
0: Why do you think there's such an interest in this?
1: Oh, because... So many people have had lives during Atlantean times or during Lemurian times. I mean, and so there's this this little thing that scratches the, your ear or whatever, and, and and you know, there's something more, but you just don't know for sure. And that's that's how. Mm-hmm.
0: So, do you ever hope that someday maybe you could go out there and and look around, you know, like in the ocean and and check out where all this was?
1: Um, I, I don't understand the question.
0: Oh, um, do you hope at some point that that you're able to get on a boat and go, and go out there and, and check out the areas?
1: But there's nothing left. Why should I do that? I'm well,
0: kind of like the mini Wall, you know, something like that where, where that road is. It'd be kind of cool to see yeah. that, right? Do what? It'd be kind of cool to see that road that they claim is underneath the ocean.
1: Oh, but, you know, that's been so many thousands of years of silt. You know, maybe there'll they'll be some little thing. I mean, just like uh, off the coast of the Bahamas with, mm-hmm. you know, little, little bits and pieces. There's also, um, right on the coast of... Spain, I think it is. There is, um, they found um, what they thought what well, might be Atlantis. Actually, what what it is, and um, there was a. It, it's like people. Let's just let's just say the state of Arkansas made their capital to look identical, but in a smaller scale to the U.S. capital. Okay. Uh-huh. That's the same thing that somebody did at that point uh, with what's called. Um, let's see, what's it called? The Golden City, I believe, or uh, in Poseidon. there was this unique city that that was um, that had sort of moats all the way around the city, and there were different widths, and in order to to protect them, because they didn't, I guess they were afraid of the errands invading them, right. uh, none of them would have bridges. You actually had to take a boat. And and so they found a miniature of that in the marshes off of Spain.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Now, as and, far as... No, go, go, ahead. Ahead. Go,
1: ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying that, again, um, if you want to go to Bermuda, I'm told if you dig down far enough, You'll find some ruins.
0: Fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And their political structure—how did that work? You know, who was in charge? Was there a pharaoh there, there? They went
1: through everything that you could imagine: kings and queens, and and you know, democracies and everything. So, um, I mean, after in that many thousands of years, you can imagine they tried out lots of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And as far as like you know, they had their technology and they were obviously creating their own stuff to live on. Did they trade with, with other areas?
1: Um, I never heard them or uh, never received the information. They probably uh, during their heydays when they were were uh, conquering these other places, they probably would ship boatloads of of stuff back to Atlantis, but, um, you know, I I think they became much more Mm self-contained. First of all, you know, for a huge long time after the continent sank, they couldn't go anywhere because of the mud. They were imprisoned almost just like everyone else. Maybe it wasn't. Perhaps it wasn't as bad towards North America. I don't know. Right.
0: right. Another question I have too, along that same line. Um, currency. What, what, did they have some kind of currency, or did they trade goods? I'm, a, you know, I'm just talking just on in Atlantis in general for the people that lived there. Was was currency involved, or were they trade goods? I'm sure, or? it
1: was. I had, I didn't get into that that much. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. They had to have some form of of currency. Mm-hmm you know you couldn't be just a trading society when you were that advanced
0: right absolutely and let's get back to the aliens a little bit in all this um why do the aliens choose those particular people
1: do you know oh um well the ets and i don't like calling them aliens honestly okay. No, okay. i understand it, most people do but uh extraterrestrials to me okay um the ets um were're actually seeding other places. You know, they seeded what some people would call the Nordics, the Nordic countries, you know, South America. I mean there were there were different places all over the world. Africa, uh, Africa actually they finally decided on the Homo sapien body and it was first uh, used or done in Africa. So they were the very first ones to get the homo sapien body.
0: Huh.
1: And probably could have been two, 500 years. I mean, they tested all these. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, they could travel in time. So they could plop a village down and then go a hundred years in their future and see what was happening.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the technology.
1: So time, technology Time is a mechanism that they, that we're in a special, space-time continuum mm-hmm. where the whole earth experiment is all contained all of our lives are all going on at the same time now we can we can re- rewrite the past present and future and we do all the time and one of the ways you can do this is by requesting benevolent outcomes in your life and also every morning i say a benevolent prayer where i say And this is out loud. I say, I ask any and all beings to come to the aid and comfort of anyone that I've ever harmed, either physically, mentally, morally, spiritually, or emotionally in any past, present, or future life. And I ask that any and all beings come to the aid and comfort of the families and friends of anyone that I've ever harmed in any way in any past, present, or future life. That that prayer is on my website. You just Go to my website, www.thegeneralwaybook.com. click on signs, and you'll see, you'll find that prayer to print out. And you can post it up, and after a while, you will have it memorized like I do, and uh, uh, you can just say that every morning. And Theo tells me, this does way, way, way more than I can imagine. And I ask, have I ever said this prayer or something like it in a past life? And I was told no, you never never said that before and it's very important for you to do it this time around.
0: Now when you talk about your past lives there, I know I know you talked about your wife as well. Do you remember anything else from your past lives like, like, like what you were doing there like as far as ma- making a living? were you a farmer? What, what, what were you up to out there?
1: Okay. well keep in mind, my, um, my uh, sole interest, our religions, Mm -hmm. and um, and also an advisor to world leaders, which I'm not doing this life, obviously, though we can get in one I could suggest for this life about guns, but we'll get to that in a minute, Um, because that just came to me today. Um, so, So I've been around for the start of every major religion. As an example, I was uh, one of Moses' sons. I was with him for the 40 years in the desert, okay? I, I was in the very first class that the man who created yoga um, over 50-something thousand years ago, I was in his class, okay? Um, I, I was one of Jesus' Um, who was known, of course, as uh, Yeshua Ben Yosef at that at that time. I was one of his female disciples. I was Salome, or Salome. I'm not sure how she pronounced her name. Uh, the the mother of of James and John, I think it is. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that. And um, uh, and I was a friend of Muhammad. So I've been around. To be uh, to be an advisor um in an upcoming life um uh i'm going to to be sarah Northrop. so i'm going into the past again cool. and i'm going to be the second wife of l ron hubbard and i'm going to help him uh, write the uh, uh the scientology book but this time when we do it's going to be a, a more gentle religion. I'm going to change the past. So that's, and I've been told over and over again that a, a future life, well, just like um, the one with L. Ron Hubbard, the the guy that's uh, that's going to be him in a future life, um, I, I have known extremely well in this life. We grew up together. And in our next life together i'm going to be his mother and we're going to have a very loving relationship and then after that is when he is l ron hubbard so um the, a lot of things are set up uh, one of my yoga teachers is going to be head of a small country and then the united states in the future so all these people wanted to get to know me because as as an advisor and it all dates back um, to the Star Wars, and I was I was this uh, amphibian spiritual leader on this water world called Nomo in the uh, what was it called in the Sirius B star system, and and I came up with the idea since since there was still time, while they were still creating this Earth experiment, I came up with the idea of offering the reptilians, who we were at war with, um, uh, that 10, 10% of their souls could take part in the Earth experiment. The reptilians were so hated at that time, uh, and they, uh, they just refused the idea and 450 universal years went by, which was 4,500 earth years. And finally, we were losing the war. Things were not looking too good. Mm -hmm. And they finally made the offer, and the reptilians took them up on it. And that caused the the war to end. And and I became an advisor to the Federation and sort of wrote my ticket as to what I wanted to do during the earth experiment.
0: Now, are you still in contact with with some of these beings or people?
1: Well, Antura, um, you know, first contact conversations with an ET is based on all my conversations with Antura, who is um, my soul, uh, he's a member of my soul group, and um, uh, he's, um, he, is having a life again as an amphibian because I'm supposed to have this very important life where uh, I'm going to uh, uh, introduce everybody to extraterrestrials.
0: Oh, cool. cool, cool. Well, let's talk about that part now to introduce everybody extraterrestrials. When do you think that's gonna be taking place?
1: Because the way so they're
0: disclosure isn't the best at this point.
1: Yeah, sometime this year. I I thought it was going to be much earlier. I, mm-hmm. You have to understand they, because I was closing out my book and they knew from looking at my future that I was not going to do another book by the time they needed it done, mm-hmm. uh, for several reasons. One one of which there became a paper shortage, and three of my books were out of print. Now there are two of them, I think, are back in print, and one of them's being printed. So they had to kind of, kind of lie to me. And um, uh, so I thought it was going to happen. I was so mad when it didn't, that I didn't talk to Antura for six months. Finally, we're A-OK together. He's having And uh, he's had 800 lives on Earth, Um, mostly as an explorer and laying out towns and villages from the very start. That's his sole interest. But in this life, he's back having a life as an amphibian because he's the one that's going to, um, he's the one that has introduced me to other ETs. Mm And my family and I, in sometime in 2023, are uh, are supposed to go to his Syrian mothership, which is three miles wide, uh, 20 stories tall, 11 decks, uh, orbiting the Earth at 50 miles above us, but but so that we can't see them. And we're supp- my family and I are supposed to go up, and we're supposed to shoot the very first documentaries ever on board the Syrian mothership which has a crew of 900 from 37 different planets and their families which live full-time on the ship with them uh totaling 1500 so um you can get an idea of how large that ship looks if you google phoenix lights and and the et ship that passed over phoenix and 1994 or something like that whatever it was um that ship was was uh in tourists
0: when you yeah. talk about him being being here as an amphibian what type of alien what type of ET is he
1: uh he's an amphibian
0: okay 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 so make sure okay, okay. and no the race the reason no that for. he is go Sorry. ahead Sorry. no it's fine. <laughs> It's my fault, and the race oh. that he is of alien um, are are they a real calm alien race? I'm sorry, ET race. I say ET. Are they a calm ET race, or are they just are they like the regular reptilians?
1: Oh, the reptilian race that uh, that tried to take over our galaxy, if you want to call mm-hmm. it. Um, uh, they're called. Dracos, or Dracos, D-R-A-C-O-S, okay? And um, uh, Antura just explained, he said, they're just wired that way. And he says, they're still out there conquering plants, but not anymore here. Mm-hmm. And um, But the nice thing about it is that since 10% of the souls having uh, lives on Earth are a reptilian. When they go back, they're going to have a higher vibrational level, and it's believed that that will raise the whole vibrational level of all the planets in the Draconian system.
0: Hmm. Now, does the government know about all this? Is there some kind of agreement in place with with the ETs?
1: you know i'm sorry say again
0: does the government know about all this is there some kind of an agreement that they have with the ets
1: our government (laughs) okay besides okay besides antura that i talked to telepathically he he has three more team members that are called first contact grassroots team that's his team four people okay and besides them there is a Pleiadian on their mothership and he monitors our conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <laughs> uh, he reluctantly started, I started asking him questions, so he he answers the questions when I have questions.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: he has monthly meetings. He and his staff, sounds like it's four or five people, I can't can't mm-hmm. recall, they meet monthly, with six different countries, and all these six countries think they're the only ones that are having these meetings with these Pleiadians, and it's it's this Pleiadian's job to keep them all at the same level because they're all trying to uh, back um, engineer these these crashed ET crap from mm-hmm. the you know forties fifties. Even back as far as the 30s or more, there have been crashes. So, um, so everybody has these these uh, uh, crash models, and they've all been back engineering them for years and years. But he, they make sure that that they don't. No one gets ahead. Like the United States doesn't get ahead of Russia or China or uh, uh, Brazil or whoever. Whoever else they're meeting with. That makes
0: sense. That makes sense. So what's next for you?
1: <laughs> what's next for me? Uh, continue on with with my daytime business until um, uh, until uh, we have somebody that comes along that wants to buy our library because we're getting older and and uh, we tried to sell it like two or three years ago, but it mm-hmm. But because we were semi-retiring and everything, and and people kept saying, oh, gosh, uh, you know, give us, let's see your earnings for the last three years. Well, you know, we couldn't do that because it wouldn't look that great because we weren't working like we used to. Mm-hmm. And so we finally said, okay, I guess we're just going to have to go back. And so that's what we've been doing in the last year or so. Is really going after all these streaming companies and everything, and we're getting fairly successful with that, and hopefully that'll bring some interest again. That and has- besides that, I'm I'm doing my newsletters, which are nine to thirteen pages every week, wow. and um, uh, I'm got another couple of books in the opera, and that's keeping me pretty busy for
0: sounds like it for one of the
1: other ones yeah sounds like it
0: where can people find you sir
1: they can find me uh, at www.thegentlewaybook.com on the very first page there's a little blue box and if you want to sign up for my newsletter it's free um i don't pass your your email address along to anybody else uh, this is just for me and uh, Uh, then as you start reading, if you think of a question, first of all, you can, you can go to where all my, my newsletters are archived on the website under articles and news, there's a, there's a search box there and you can search for your topic and see if I've asked the questions already. And Mm -hmm. if I haven't, you can email me and I'll put it on my list to ask during one of my meditative sessions.
0: Fantastic. Tom, thank you for coming back on the show. I really appreciate it. I learned so much tonight. Oh my gosh. I love this. I love this topic. And um, I apologize for my being kind of dopey here. I've just been, my mind's going in eight different directions. I'm leaving on Sunday to go go on vacation for a week. I'm trying to tie up all the loose ends. And, you know,
1: Can I ask where you're going or is that secret?
0: I'm going to Disneyland. Uh, and uh, I'm also I'm also going to be broadcasting live from Disneyland. So I'm going to
1: Oh, we do okay. all kinds
0: of stuff, so my mind's going like this, you know, trying to sort it all out. And
1: right. My my granddaughter's birthday is this coming Sunday, and on Saturday, my daughter and family are taking her to Disney World.
0: There we go. Um,
1: so for her birthday, so they're right. they're making a whole week of it.
0: Fantastic! Fantastic. Yeah, so my mind, well, you know how it is before a trip, you're trying to get all the loose ends done and get everything figured out. And uh, I'll be glad when I finally get in the car and go, you know?
1: Yeah. But thank you so much. Request a benevolent outcome that your trip will have results even better than you can hope for or expect. And and request a benevolent outcome for the safety of your drive or however you're getting there.
0: Well, thank you so much again. And I'd love to have you on at a later date to talk about this et's more you know get in more detail about that that's okay with you great
1: thank you for having
0: me well you have a great one okay
1: thank you okay bye-bye
0: all right guys that was fantastic learning about Atlantis and stuff like i said i I apologize my my mind is ditzy because i I have a lot of things going on i'm setting up your shows for next week and then the week after and all this other stuff get going so but i'm still here it's still me Anyway, uh, today, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We are equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. Also, same spiel from before. If you uh, were watching from Facebook and you like what you saw, please hit that like button and hit that follow button. Same thing goes for YouTube. Um, I I would appreciate it. And uh, I will see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. with Nancy Matz. We're going to be talking about synchronicity. And uh, in other words, for people that aren't familiar with it, maybe you wake up every night at a certain time or you keep seeing a number repeat itself in front of you and you don't know what it is or why that's what we're going to be discussing tomorrow night we might even get into uh trauma related to psychic abilities right you know slide into that but in the meantime i want you guys to have a good evening and remember to share the show t- tell your buddies about it and all that good stuff and i'm going to show you tom's uh uh, contact information and his books and where to get them and stuff like that. I'm also really tired, but, um, I appreciate you all coming tonight and I hope you, uh, learned as much as I did. I learned a heck of a lot about this. I didn't even know. So it turned out, it came out well. So here we go. Here's his contact information. Website is the gentlewaybook.com dot com All lowercase. And one of the books, The Gentle Wave with Pets. Great book. In fact, he was on the last time he came on. The Gentle Wave 3 with Pets. Master Your Life. El Camino Amable. First Contact and Atlantis and Lemuria. Those are his books. And, of course, you can get those at Amazon. Again, thank you all for coming. I really appreciate it. And I will see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Bye.